You're listening to Hilltop History with your hosts, JJ and Al. Meet the people who make history come alive at Fort Henry National Historic Site. Join us as we explore 19th century garrison life, drums, guns, and secrets past. So polish your boots, shine your buttons, and let's begin. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to our firepower episode of Hilltop History. Today, we're talking about the biggest guns in Kingston. Okay, Al, stop it. What? What's so funny? <laughs> if you could all see him right now, he's sitting here flexing his arms. Well, you said we're talking about guns, partner, so I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so for those of you listening and you have met me in person, you will know I'm like 140 pounds soaking wet, so that's why this is hilarious. <laughs> okay, okay. So today we're talking about actual big guns, and I'm not being mean to Al. I'm talking about artillery, massive guns that sit on the ramparts of Fort Henry pointing out over Lake Ontario. They're beautiful, and let me tell you, they are extremely loud. Oh, I have never seen a more beautiful sight than the sights of the ramparts in an evening after a sunset ceremony at the end when the cannons are being fired off. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And today, our special guest is the woman who leads the artillery program here at Fort Henry, right here in Kingston. Welcome, Artillery Lieutenant Erica Kelly. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so nice to have you here talking about artillery and explosions. And uh, we are so excited to hear just how the cannons and guns work and how the, you train all the Fort Henry Guard to fire them. So tell us, what is your role? What do you do at the fort? I'm the artillery lieutenant at Fort Henry this year. So I'm in charge of overseeing all training on the artillery pieces. So where the other officers and members of the guard are teaching everybody how to dress themselves in a uniform, how to do basic drill and how to walk around like a soldier in 1867. I'm teaching them how to fire these guns that we've had for hundreds of years. So it's a really cool opportunity and I really hope that uh, I can share some of that with you guys. So what does a regular artillery training day look like at the fort? Well, we always start every day with our daily warm up. So let's just make sure that we're warmed up and ready for the day since artillery is generally really heavy. So we wanna make sure that nobody gets hurt on the job. Following that, we'll be doing our morning artillery training. So we actually start this before the fort opens and for the next 30 to 40 minutes, uh, we're going over whoever is assigned to fire the guns for the day. So going over the positions they're assigned to, making sure they know the drill and making sure that they're confident enough in order to give a good performance later on. Now, of course, the next um, duty would be our noon gun. So of course we fire a ceremonial shot at noon and this would tell the soldiers in 1867 that it is midday and time for their meal break since most of them would be too poor to afford watches or timepieces. So for this, we start setting the, up the gun around 11.30, 5.00, depending on which one we're on. Some of them take more time to set up. And then just before the noon gun, we would actually have a brief inspection where we make sure that the members of the gun crew are properly dressed, 
properly polished with all of their boots and buttons, and that they're wearing all of their proper safety gear, like earplugs, of course, since we want to protect our hearing. Now, following this, we'll be marching over towards the gun that we'll be firing, and then beginning the actual procedure to load it, get it ready, and then firing it at 12 o'clock noon, of course. Following the firing, we'll be taking down the gun, so putting away all of the tools and implements, and then heading on inside for our debrief. So for our debrief, we'll be going over every command and every action done by everybody who worked on the gun and giving them any corrections, anything that needs to be done better, and anything else they need to keep in mind for safety and for performance. Now following this, we'll be heading off for the parade gun around three o'clock. So again, we'll meet around 2.30 to set up the gun that we'll be firing to make sure that all of the moving pieces are where they need to be. And then we'll have another inspection, of course, because that's the life at Fort Henry before we head off to the gun. Now the parade gun will be more of a simulation of a battle tactics. So either firing one of the larger pieces on the wall, which will be firing once, or if we're firing one of our smaller guns, we'll fire it as many as three or four times. And this shows the officer of the day, the person who's in charge, that we're ready to defend the fort if we come under attack, of course, in 1867, not so much in modern times. Following the parade gun, again, we debrief and make sure that any corrections given in the morning were taken into account before we head off to our duties throughout the day. Now, we'll be meeting again at 4.30 usually to set up for the end of day carronade. Now, this is a smaller gun fired with only two people, so it's usually a bit of an honor to be on the end of day gun. And following the firing of the carronade, the bugler will sound retreat as we bring down the flag to end the day. Now, this shows um, similar to in 1867, we would have fired a gun at 9 p.m. to signify the end of the soldier's day. But since we're not at Fort Henry at 9 p.m., we do it at 4.45 instead as we close at 5 o'clock. I imagine there have been some, you know, modifications for the 2020 season as you're maybe around 10% of the staff capacity uh, as you would usually have in the summer season. So how has this affected artillery operations? It's definitely thrown a curveball at us. So normally our guns take a crew of seven people to load and fire, but this means that you're standing right beside people and facing people. And in today's climate, we can't do that and maintain safe and proper distancing. So instead, we've modified the drill to fire one of our pieces with only one person. So we're still firing a cannon at 12 o'clock noon for that ceremonial firing, but that's the only one we're doing this year. So if you're interested in seeing a really cool uh, cannon being fired, I do encourage you guys to come down and watch. The loading procedure this year only takes about 30 seconds. So if you swing by around 11.50, you'll have plenty of time to make sure you don't miss anything as we still try to fire as close to 12 o'clock noon as possible. But of course our timepieces might be a little bit off using historic pocket watches. Awesome. That's an important point. Be earlier, you could miss it. <laughs> exactly. 
So tell us what the difference is between guns and cannons. Anyone who listened to episode two knows that I love cannons, but I thought cannons were only on ships. So shouldn't Fort Henry's cannons be called guns? That's a very good question. So cannon is actually just a generic term that applies to larger pieces of artillery, uh, but it can be further subdivided into a couple categories. Now these categories that are cannons, but not specifically guns, could be howitzers, mortars, carronades, and then of course the term gun. So to be more specific, gun applies to anything that fires at a relatively flat trajectory. So basically, you have to have a direct line of sight on your target to fire it effectively. There's a few anatomy differences between all of these cannons, um, which I won't get into too much, but for those of you who are avid listeners, they do have uh, these pegs out of the sides of the cannon that allow it to rest on the carriage, and this is what allows us to maneuver and aim the gun. So on a gun specifically, they're located in just a way to keep the barrel pretty flat. Whereas if you think about another gun, like a mortar or a howitzer, they're able to elevate much more than the regular guns that we fire. So these are the ones that fire up and over a wall or up and over an island towards a ship that approaches to us. Uh, so while we can say that all guns are cannons, of course, we can't say that all cannons are guns. Although gun can be a relatively slang term to refer to artillery as well in modern times. <laughs> it it's all gets a little confusing. <laughs> it does. It's pretty confusing. Yeah, but if but... you have questions, of course, feel free to ask us at Fort Henry. We can tell you all about it. <laughs> Great. So what are all the types of artillery that the Fort Henry Guard fires. So at Fort Henry, we have two types of artillery represented. I'll start with one that may be familiar to most, which is our garrison artillery. Now these are the pieces that are heavier and they're used for defending a fortification like Fort Henry. They're mounted along the walls and as they are quite a bit larger and heavier, they don't move from place to place very easily. So these are ones that stay in place uh, at the fort. Most commonly at Fort Henry, we fire what are called 24 pounders. So these guns are very, very common. They're known as the workhorse of the Royal Artillery, and they could be found anywhere from forts to ships to various defenses throughout the colonies and the world. Now, a few other pieces of garrison artillery are our carronades, which are shorter cannons, but they're still cast iron, they're still fairly heavy, and they're very good for defending in close quarters and infantry attacks. So a few of these at Fort Henry we have near our flanking ditches. So we have very big ditches cut into the hill to prevent any enemy forces marching on foot from coming right up to our front door. And we also have these in our reverse firing chambers. So these are kind of secret chambers hidden inside of our ditch. If you've ever been to Fort Henry, we have a large ditch that is 30 feet deep and 40 feet wide, def uh, designed to deter anybody marching in on foot. So we would fire these smaller cannons in these close quarters. 
And at Fort Henry, we also have a 10-inch mortar that we fire for ceremonial occasions. Of course, back in 1867, we had several other mortars, but these are designed to, again, fire over anything that is in your direct line of sight. So if you've ever been up to Fort Henry, you might know that we're on a point surrounded by water and surrounded by islands. So if there were an enemy ship and you decided to sail behind one of those islands, we can't fire one of our normal guns at you because we can't see you, but we can fire our mortars over top of that island to land directly on your ship, which would cause quite a bit of damage. Now the other kind of artillery at Fort Henry is our field artillery. Now these are slightly smaller guns and they are on wheels, which means that we can take them out with us to the battlefield, on campaign, and traveling around various areas. At Fort Henry, we have six pounders that we use in demonstration. We also have a 12 pounder that we can fire for uh, on occasion for larger demonstrations. But of course, it's quite a bit heavier than our six pounders, so it's more difficult for us to move it, especially when you're vertically challenged like myself. I'm only about five foot two. <laughs> and in previous years, we've also got to fire our cohorn mortars, which are similar to the large garrison mortars, but they're very, very small and they're mounted on a litter kind of thing where it can easily be carried by a few gunners. So they can pick it up and go off into the field with it. So again, field artillery is just designed to travel alongside infantry forces. So the soldiers who march off to battle, you would often see smaller cannons being wheeled along with them. And what's your favorite cannon to fire? Oh, that's a hard question to ask. Uh, I myself have three years of experience on the six pounders. It'll always hold a special place in my heart, especially racing the United States Marines against them um, in a battle of time. Uh, but my favorite one to fire would have to be the mortar. So a mortar is a rel relatively small gun and we only fire it with one person. So you're kind of the star of the show. <laughs> now, basically to do this, you toss your powder into the muzzle and you pack it down as tightly as you can. But since it has a really short barrel, you do this by punching the powder. So there's no ramrod, there's no rammer or anything that you use. You just reach right inside and you punch it uh, as many times as you can. <laughs> and then of course, since it's not quite as impressive with a big boom, you make up for that with your impressive commanding voice. So coming to Fort Henry when we fire the mortar, you'll often hear them say, mortar ready, in a very loud, obscene manner and then when the gun actually fires it's just a little poof it's kind of where your moment comes to shine as the person on the gun rather than the cannon outshining you okay cool when you're referring to uh, the guns you refer to them as 24 pounder or six pounder what exactly does the term pounder refer to so pounder refers to the size of the shot that would be fired from the gun. So a 24 pounder fires a cannonball that weighs about 24 pounds. So of course this tells us uh, what size cannonball will actually fit in the gun. So we don't try to load one that's too big or too small. That won't work very well. 
And again, for the six pounders, they fire a much smaller shell that would weigh about six pounds. So again, this allows any artillerymen approaching any gun to easily be able to identify how much black powder they need to load and what size shot that will fit inside of the barrel when they load it. In 1867, what were the guns used for? My understanding is the fort was never attacked. No. So, of course, the fort was built between 1832 and 1837. And, of course, 25 years after this, forts like Fort Henry were kind of obsolete. So battle tactics advanced too quickly for us to ever be attacked. But in 1867, most of our artillery was actually on the wall facing to the north, east, and west. Now, this might seem a little bit backwards since our enemy forces would be coming up from the water at the south end. So why are all of our guns facing away? Well, the simple answer is this. We actually have the Royal Naval Dockyards just across the bay near Fort Henry, and they would be fully outfitted with warships ready to tackle any enemy ships approaching us. So Fort Henry is designed to deal with any advancing enemy forces on foot. So the marching soldiers as they approach towards Kingston. We would easily spot them from our place at the highest point of elevation and be able to deter them before they reach the city. For you specifically, what is the most important thing to keep in mind when firing artillery? Absolutely safety. The pieces that we're working on are very large, very heavy, and have a lot of moving parts. So everything that we do is designed specifically with safety in mind. And because of this, it's very important to do proper drill when you're working on any pieces. This is designed so that we don't run into each other or smack somebody with a wooden stick or anything at any point. Um, and then of course, since we are working with black powder, which is an explosive substance, um, the drill is designed so that we don't risk throwing any sparks from our metal heel plates or dropping the powder or splitting it open where it could be a safety hazard. Following that, I do like to keep in mind our presentation to the public. In my mind, a sloppy performance is not acceptable by the Fort Henry Guard standards, so we want to make sure that all of our drill is extremely precise and intense and done with deliberation. So when you're watching a gun, to me, it, every action needs to be separate and intended and not all jumbled together. I've seen the artillery firings many times and they are very impressive. How does the guard make it look so good? Well, definitely practice. There's a reason that we're training every day from the beginning of March right through till show season in July and August. But following that, it's our attention to detail. Once you have the gross understanding of what the drill is, we focus on the small things. What's your hand position? Where are your feet at every point? Are you looking at what you're doing? Um, and things like that. And of course, never being satisfied with being just good enough. From your perspective as the artillery lieutenant at the fort, what do you have to do to make sure that the guns that you're firing and are responsible for training for are in proper working order? Firstly, we make sure that we clean them. So for our smaller guns, it's very easy to clean them at the end of the day running water through the barrel, swabbing it out with cleaning products and clean cloths, very similar to how you would clean a rifle, but on a larger scale. And of course, making sure that we inspect all moving pieces. 
Our guns are mounted on wooden carriages, which is what holds them in place, and wood doesn't hold up very well to the elements. So every day we make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. There's no signs of rot or anything falling out of place, and any moving parts are moving exactly as they should. If they aren't moving how they should, of course we use a lot of axle grease to make sure they're nice and good, um, and then replacing any pieces as they wear down. So back in 1867, they had this exact same problem with wooden carriages breaking down over the years, which is why in 1867, seven of our 17 24 pounders up on the wall were actually mounted on iron carriages, since they lasted much longer than wood. But unfortunately, iron is very, very heavy, and we wouldn't be able to do the performances with the skill and excellence that we do if we were trying to haul around this giant iron piece. What is one of your favorite memories or experiences you have had at the fort over your, this is your fourth season now, uh, what's kind of one moment that really stands out for you as being special? So it's definitely when the United States Marines came to visit in my first year at the fort and I got to be part of the crew that raced them on our six pounders. So it's a tradition going back decades that when they come to visit, we would each uh, get a six pounder and then race them in a time competition. Now, of course, as the United States Marines, they're all very large men, about six feet tall or so, 200 pounds of muscle, these great big machines that have been honed to perfection. And of course, if you've been by Fort Henry in recent years, most of us are on the shorter side, I myself being only five foot two, and uh, are quite a bit slimmer than they are. But we used all of our knowledge and our training on the guns, and we actually beat them in the time competition. So that definitely stands out and will be a lasting memory for me throughout the rest of my life. Very cool. And it sounds like you learn a lot when you're a Fort Henry guard. There's lots of skills that you develop and learn. For you, what are some that you're going to really keep with you for the rest of your life from your time at the fort? Well, I have to say first that the people I work with are fantastic. They'll always hold a special place in my heart, and I can't imagine the last four years of my life without these fantastic friends that I've met. We've been through so much together, and that just makes our bond go even stronger. But of course, working at Fort Henry is also being part of living history and being part of something that's so much larger than ourselves. The Fort Henry Guard dates back 82 years now, so we're part of this institution that's been around for so long and with luck will continue decades and maybe even centuries into the future as well. Well, thank you, Erica, for uh, speaking with us today. Uh, your passion about Fort Henry and artillery especially is uh, so great to hear. And uh, the Fort Henry Guard Artillery Unit is definitely in very capable hands uh, with Artillery Lieutenant Erica Kelly in charge. Thanks for having me, you guys. It's always a pleasure to sit down and chat. Awesome. Thank you. Stay tuned for next episode where we speak with the person responsible for taking care of the ultimate morale booster at the fort. That's right. And when on parade, we'll find out who exactly would be at the very front leading the entire regiment. We'll catch you next time on Hilltop History. Thanks for tuning in. We're JJ and Al standing down for today. <laughs>